Hi, I'm Justin Guest, a doctoral student here at the LSE, and uh, welcome to the hot seat. Uh, with us today to discuss the London mayoral election is Professor of Political Science and Public Policy, Patrick Dunleavy. Uh, as you may or may not already know, uh, last week, Conservative Boris Johnson defeated two-term Labour Mayor of London, Ken Livingston, and uh, we're going to talk about and analyze the results and what this means for London and the rest of the UK political scene. Welcome, and uh, let's get started, Professor Dunleavy. Now that the results are in, how did Boris defeat the legendary Mr. Livingstone? Many say that uh, Labour is to blame in their poor performance nationally, but is it that simple? It is really that simple. That you know, In British local government elections, uh, national government performance is very important. And what Ken Livingstone did, actually, was perform incredibly well at 20 points above the uh, you know, national Labour vote. But that wasn't enough to save him, and Boris was a a great celebrity candidate with instant name recognition. Well, in terms of other types of performances, you designed the uh, electoral system that actually uh, selects the mayor and the assembly for London. How did the system perform this time around? I think the result was a great result for the system because they, it was designed to work with two very clear candidates, Conservative and Labour usually, and uh, both those parties had very popular, very high name recognition candidates. So, you know, you have a first preference and a second preference, but if you're going to use that second preference, you have to know who the top two candidates are going to be. You have to guess who the top two candidates are going to be. And that was very uh, easy to do this time. So turnout went up very radically from uh, 37% to 45%, which is a great result in a, you know, a generally declining turnout situation in Britain. Well, speaking of second preferences, uh, for better or worse, Ken no doubt made a visible mark on London over the years and its culture, you know, embracing its diversity, attracting global attention for the Olympics and the London market, uh, while appealing to, and some people would say, pandering to the disenfranchised, micromanaging transport, using very slick publicity campaigns and uh, centralizing power here in London. What will be the earliest identifiable marks of the Boris Johnson administration here in London? I think if he just doesn't mess anything up uh, by the end of year one, that will be a very good result for Boris. I think the problem is that um, Ken is actually a great politician. I mean, you know, a politician who can actually change something that really impacts on your daily life is a very rare thing. And Ken has done that, you know, many, many times since being London Mayor. He's had an outstanding record. It's going to be a really hard act to follow. And particularly... Ken has had that knack, which good American city mayors have, of you know creating this sort of populist coalition where you have voter support, where you're talking to ethnic minorities and lots of different urban interest groups, but you're also keeping urban development going and keeping the transport system running and you know facing down the unions. That's a huge, huge portfolio of things to do. It'll be really interesting to see if Boris can just hold it together. Nobody expects him to do much more than that, I guess. Well, which of any of Boris's campaign promises do you think has the best chance of actually coming to fruition here, and what obstacles do you see lying in his way? I think uh, getting rid of bendy buses was a great, great slogan. These great, long, sinuous buses that, you know, clog up the streets and take ages to turn around corners and everything. They will probably go quite quickly, but what will replace them, who knows, if anything... Uh, I don't think anything else that Boris has promised has got the least chance of making any difference to anyone except 
that you know the congestion charge would have enlarged and probably it now won't there'll be a vote and it won't enlarge and that bit of London will stay gridlocked which if you like that kind of thing is a result I guess. Well the way we're talking about him one wonders if Boris Johnson is a liability to his party or a beacon of this uh, shift in British public opinion. How close do you perceive uh, Boris Johnson's City Hall office being with the National Conservative Party? I think Boris is a great asset for the Conservative Party. Without him, they perhaps would not have won against Ken Livingstone. You know, they had a big, strong national showing. Boris didn't do hugely better than the national uh, showing, the national vote score uh, for the Tories. But he's a, a, a likeable guy. As long as he doesn't mess anything up, I think he will continue to be a, a, an asset. Uh, some people say that the um, Conservative Party will have a very close grip on City Hall. I don't think that's possible to do. Uh, David Cameron has got more than enough things to be doing without trying to run London as well. Boris will be on his own, uh, for better or worse, with possibly a very good team. And on the other side of the spectrum, is it clear how Labour must go about its comeback here? And uh, if so, what exactly stands in their way? Uh, people are, you know, in Britain, people write political epitaphs uh, every six months. Then they, you know, six months later say, oh, no, he's on course for victory. It's all a great result. So, you know, Labour needs to come back uh, from its depth of uh, local government uh, elections. It's got 24% nationally ran third. That's a very bad result. It uh, is not perhaps as bad a result as people uh, are writing it up because, you know, both the two main parties have been declining in support and that means that when you say it's the worst result since 1918, of course it's the worst result since 1918 because it's, you know, a lot lower two-party vote. Uh, people voting for Liberal Democrats, Greens, BNP, all kinds of other parties now. And the journalists are just very bad at recognising that. So Labour needs to get back from where it is, 24% to around about what it got last time, 35%. That means, you know, 5 or 6% shift, and they're beginning to make that change. I myself believe, very oddly and idiosyncratically, that we could have a, a general election by June 2009. Most other people are assuming that Labour will hang on till. April or May 2010 um, uh, and I think that's because they think it will take that long for the economy to recover and it is the economy stupid you know uh, if people are really hurting prices are going up they're gloomy about prospects that they punish the government in power and that's what they should do um, so Labour's got to get the economy looking better at least in prospect the other thing it's got to do is just stop doing completely pointlessly unpopular things like, you know, the 42-day uh, limit for terrorism is a liability, getting rid of the 10p tax is a liability, not reforming the House of Lords, continuing to obstruct, you know, democratic reforms and uh, just uh, stop being... Gordon Brown has been incredibly hostile to, you know, sort of various left-wing interests. He says we need lots of nuclear power plants... He hasn't pulled the troops out of Basra. We've got lots of people being killed in Afghanistan now. You know, he could do a few left-wing things to get Labour voters uh, one round, and he could do a few uh, genuinely popular things to get ordinary voters one round. And what happens with governments that stay in power for 10 or 11 years is they believe they're God's gift to governing, and they've got to govern, you know, in a century's perspective. 
you've, you know, if you want to be elected, be popular. Stop doing unpopular things. Well, there it is. That simple. Plus the laundry list that follows. Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing is perhaps Gordon Brown has got to look different as a prime minister. Um, that's a more difficult thing to do. But I think as long as uh, the government you know, stopped doing unpopular things and started trying to build, actively build support, it, it wouldn't have a difficult job. The Labour Party actually performed quite well as a machine in this election, and uh, there was a surprising flow back of people who were campaigning for it. So um, I don't think it's all gloom, but at the moment, it's the Conservatives who are on course to look very good. All right, Professor Dunleavy, you are off the hot seat. Thank you very much for participating. Uh, there's everything you could possibly want to know about the mayoral election and Boris Johnson in place in City Hall. Uh, for more from Professor Dunleavy, please consult his new book. It's called Digital Era Governance, and you can find it at lots of academic bookshop, bookshops. Uh, and until next time, please join us on the hot seat. I'm Justin Guest. Thanks for being with us.